Position podcast. This is episode three of season one. As always, I am Lawson Gardner, I'm one of your co-hosts. I'm here with Darian Baldwin. Darian, hey! on a scale of one to thirteen, how are you feeling today? Thirteen, always, never below thirteen. That's I'm the always right, feeling that is 13. the right answer, Sorry. especially today, because um, we have a killer interview. Yeah, yeah. This is definitely. A great, great conversation, great talk. Uh, our guest today, he talks about a little bit of how he got involved with into trombone and just playing music in general, which is actually a pretty funny story. I really enjoyed that. Yeah. And he also has a, a good amount of really like heartfelt, insightful, heavy-hitting stories about his time and growth in college, which I, I guess I kind of wanted to hear that, and yeah. I feel like a lot of people should hear that. That's a really great story, mm-hmm. and... The growth that he made, amazing. I'm so glad he made it too. And he, he does, we do talk about trombone stuff. We try to stay away from it, but we couldn't, yeah, we help, couldn't help ourselves. It. We could not help it this time. There might have been some sacrilege with the trombone and some opinions in there. Well, we'll that we get disagreed into that. With. <laughs> we don't want to give too much away. But, yeah. Um, but uh, our guest today, he is a very recent graduate of um, Columbus State University, where just like our last guest, Evan Williams, he studied with Bradley Palmer, um, and he's about to pursue a master's degree. Uh, we talked a little bit about that. He's working on deciding on a school right now. He's gotten into a few, um, mm-hmm. and he's culminated a pretty large Instagram following pretty recently, um, which is, I think, due to the fact that his it's just very genuine practice posts with um, yeah. him doing very growth <laughs> developing things. Yeah, he um, makes it look easy. <laughs> he does. He definitely makes it look easy, but it's very endearing because uh, it's all just so genuine. Um, and he's also a fairly new private teacher. Um, he's working on building up an online trombone studio. I've had lessons with him. Um, and he's awesome. He's a great teacher, and uh, I could tell that I think very similarly to him. He puts things in terms that I definitely understand. But without further ado, please welcome Wesley Shores. shores with us today how are you doing man i'm doing great how are you doing I'm doing all right yeah holding up just fine Darren, how are you doing uh i'm doing all right i'm just a little a little sleepy but i'm awake now because we're yes. doing an interview with the wesley shores the wesley the one and only <laughs> excuse me <laughs> yeah. james wesley that's my name james wesley oh the the sweet first name reveal (laughs) (laughs) oh man well uh i want to know like everyone um what your early life was like with music what got you into music what led you to trombone Um, were there any like specific people that inspired you to pursue music so i have it's it's kind of an interesting story for me how i um how I picked trombone, um, I honestly don't know. So, and my my parents don't really know either. Um, I kind of. <laughs> so I went to I went to private school in elementary school. So no real band program. No, um, you know there there wasn't anything like that around me. So I didn't really know about it. My dad um, was a band director, but not at the time. He he had been in the past. So like I kind of knew. Um, what a French horn was because that's what he played. But other than that, like I didn't really know anything. Um, I actually wanted to be in chorus um, starting in uh, middle school. I, I was moving into public school. And so I was like, oh, I want to do chorus. Um, and then um, two weeks before uh, middle school started, um, I was like, oh, no, just kidding. I want to be in band. Um, and I don't really know why. Um, I was like 11 in 
you know, hyperactive ADD. So who knows like what got in my head and was like, oh, okay, no, I want to be in band now. Um, but I do remember um, sitting in band class the first day um, and seeing the slideshow of all the different instruments and seeing most of them for like the first time and like knowing what they are and then being like, oh, there's only one that doesn't have a button on it. That one looks cool. <laughs> and I was like, okay, I guess I'll play that. Um, and uh, that's that's kind of how it started. Uh, it was not, um, not really calculated. There was no real thought put into it. It's just kind of like, this looks fun. Um, I did not expect anything to come out of it at all. Um, my, my parents had good connections with the community, so they were able to get me a pretty good horn from the beginning, like a, um, I think it was like a, a dual bore Yamaha, um, intermediate model, um, with a valve in sixth wow. grade, which was like really wild. Um, looking back on it, I didn't yeah, know how fortunate grade. I was. <laughs> yeah. Like I, I had a, I had a really nice horn in sixth grade. So, um, but it just, it's stuck. Um, I have this memory I, I will never forget. Um, so we, we would do pass-offs in middle school. We had this book. It was mm -hmm. like um, essential something, like essential Central methods, yes. essential yes. elements. That was yes. it. We all wow, it's a deep, deep memory. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, the first essential elements book, they had um, the very first exercise in that book that we had to pass off was Mary Had a Little Lamb. And um, so cliche. But I remember um, in my old house sitting in my what was my playroom with all my all my fun stuff in there and just sitting there in a chair with my trombone and the Central Elements book, just trying to crank out Mary Had a Little Lamb. And uh, I remember sitting there for like over two hours and like playing it over and over and over until my lips were literally bleeding and I was crying. And I was like, I have to get this. Like, like I was like, it was just like thing between having like fun and enjoying it and wanting to get better and being so determined to get it done that I just couldn't stop. I, I just, it was like kind of like an addiction, um, just from the beginning. And, uh, my, my parents like to tell that story, how I played Mary had a little lamb until my lips bleed. But, um, <laughs> so sounds exactly like my Bolero practice session from the other day. <laughs> yeah, playing that a million <laughs> times over until your lips bleed. That's amazing. No, they were, they were literally bleeding. I mean, it was, it was a sight. Um, I wish I had a wow. picture of that, but yeah, from then on, um, my parents noticed that I had this like, um, unusual ability to pay attention when I was playing my instrument and, and like stay focused and be determined and have goals. And where, whereas in other facets of my life, I was just really distractible, just kind of like never really locked in. Um, you know, like the, the ADD was just very prominent and it sort of seemed to be like my thing that just worked and, and just clicked with me. And, uh, yeah, I guess that's my, uh, figuring out um trombone and uh how it started in my life yep. yeah just played mary had a little lamb for two hours straight and then there you go <laughs> now you it's probably like the forever. third day i'd ever played and i played for two hours it's ridiculous oh no <laughs> oh, <man. laughs> amazing well moving on towards kind of high school and college what made you decide to pursue a career in music um take it more seriously yeah, that actually, um, I decided that I wanted to do trombone for the rest of my life in seventh grade. Oh, it, it just, it kind of worked out. I didn't really understand life in seventh grade. You know, most people don't, I just kind of thought you could say, I want to do this thing for the rest of my life and like be able to do it. You know, I, I didn't realize, you know, what kind of roadblocks would get in the way or like how realistic it was. Um, but I, mm. I just knew after I made all state in seventh grade, Georgia, uh, Georgia Allstate, and went to that oh. conference and saw all the other like great musicians in middle school. Um, it was all three years um, in one band. So it wasn't like sixth, seventh, and eighth. So there were sixth graders or eighth graders, other seventh graders, and seeing all of them and playing in the best ensemble I'd ever played. I just remember after that concert, like talking to my parents and being like, man, I could do this forever. Like I, I kind of want to do this like the rest of my life. Little did I know I would actually end up doing it um, and pursuing it. It just kind of continued into high school though. I, 
I learned all the the scales and stuff I needed to uh, uh, make the top band in high school. I ended up making like the top chair of the top ensemble my freshman year, which was wild. Um, going from middle school band to playing the top part in the top ensemble of like a good high school with like students that were about to go off to music school and just like seeing what was possible. Um, I, I remember we played this Mackie piece. Um, the, my first semester, uh, him to a blue hour and, um, it has a bunch of trombone feature and, uh, features and all these like solos from the flutes. And I just really got to hear this level of musicianship and be able to like give this level of musicianship that I'd never known was possible. Um, I mean, it was such a drastic difference between middle school and high school, just jumping straight in and being like, wow, my mind is blown. I didn't know music could be this powerful and like moving. Yeah, I'm with you De there. Definitely my favorite Mackie piece, just sentimental reasons. Um, I'm sure he has better ones, but I'll always have fond memories of that piece and uh, that, uh, that specific group in high school. It was, it was inspiring for me. Um, and that was really when it was locked and loaded. I mean, I decided in seventh grade, but after I played that piece, I was like, yeah, this is, this is what I want to do. So it needs to happen. All right. So, uh, after playing Mary had a little lamb for two hours, you make all state and then <laughs> you decide to play trombone forever. What's it like next? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's the secret, everybody. No. Mary had a little lamb to like Hindemith. <laughs> Hindemith. No, man, my, um, the lack of knowledge of trombone that I had going into college uh, is actually mind-blowing to me. Um, like, I, I didn't know, like, I didn't really know what it meant to be a good trombone player um, or how, what the possibilities were with the instrument. You know, being first chair, like, all of middle school, hopping into high school, being first chair immediately, you know, getting first chair, district and all-state, all-state jazz, you know, not even having to try that oh, hard. Yeah, exactly. Um, I mean, I put I put in the work, but like I was never externally pushed. You know, there was no there was never anyone else that was that much better than me. Um, even the people that were better than me, I, I'd still have aspects of my playing that were better. There was never anyone that was just hands down better until college. Uh, I remember going into college and just seeing these three upperclassmen. Um, when I was touring Columbus State, and um, they they invited me to play in a quartet with them and, and sight read some stuff, and I was just like completely mind blown. I was like, wow, I didn't know like you could get a tone this rich, or you could have a range this high that actually sounded good, you know, above like high <laughs> B flat, um, or, or like I didn't know what an alto trombone was. Like I had maybe seen a bass trombone like once or twice. Like my my Allstate didn't even have bass trombone auditions. Like Ooh. bass trombone parts were given to the last chair tenor trombone. Like it was like oh, that. That's, so that's a great idea. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> the least capable <laughs> tenor player give them the hardest thing to play. Um, but no, it was it was crazy. Just the transitions between like middle to high school and then high school to college. It was just like overwhelming. But now I'm rambling. I don't even know if I'm I'm answering y'all's questions now. <laughs> no, no, you did. No, I'm kind of referencing what you said earlier about roadblocks. What, what types of various roadblocks did you hit um, while you're in school? I know you, you just finished up very recently. With yes. So you're still young. So, like, where would you say you grew the most during that time, <sighs> whether it be as a player or as a person? Or what were your struggles that you had to overcome? Wow, yeah. Um, very little in middle and high school. I was so incredibly fortunate um, – so sheltered but by my parents, by my community, the kind of high school and middle school that I went to, just very wholesome communities. There wasn't a lot of struggle that I went through in those oh, times. Nice. Um, yeah, no, it is, but <laughs> I really got it all handed to me in college. Um, I mean, college, I, I don't know of someone that had a more difficult college experience. Um, so I definitely made up for it in college. I mean, from day one, I was just like, intimidated beyond belief um i was like i've known i wanted to do this since seventh grade like this is all i've ever really been since i had self-awareness <laughs> i've been playing trombone um and knew it's what i wanted to do with my life but stepping in seeing like pretty much being the worst player um in all 
regards. Um, and having like 12 other trombonists that were all so much better, not even just like a little bit better, but so much better that you're like questioning, why am I even here? Like, do I even belong in this school? Um, like I can laugh about it now, but I mean, it was, it was crushing. I was like, man, I thought I knew what I was doing, but now I'm like starting to wonder if I've made a mistake. Um, and I definitely wasn't discouraged from practicing. It, it did motivate me to practice more, but it was, it wasn't healthy. Um, from the get go, I kind of created some obsessive habits and mentalities, um, just feeling like I started college in a deficit, feeling like I started far behind everyone else and that I needed to catch up, um, that I could never really take a minute and recognize my progress or be grateful with where I am, both in trombone playing or even just locationally, like being thankful in Columbus, Georgia, you know, enjoying what's there or enjoying my friends or um, enjoying ensembles. I, I felt like I could just never stop and breathe. I just had to work, work, work to try to catch up and, and learn all of these things I wasn't taught in high school and middle school, you know what the heck is an orchestral excerpt? You know, what, like, why is that important? Um, you know, all these things that like everyone else I felt like just knew and were even good at going into college that I was just completely in the dark about. So my freshman year is rough. I just to be transparent, um, went through a lot of, um, depressive times, um, that never really stopped until really, I still struggle with some things now. They're different. Um, but that's when, that's when struggle started for me was my freshman year. Um, you know, leading into my sophomore year, I, I was making progress. Um, but you know, I, I just felt like there was this thing blocking me from reaching my potentials. Like, like I, I saw my peers making strides in, in their sound and their range and in their technical abilities, musicianship and opportunities, you know, taking gigs and stuff. And I just couldn't seem to be able to make those same, um, those same achievements, that same progress. Um, looking back on it, I realized I was just getting in the way. I was expecting too much out of myself. I was, um, I wasn't enjoying it. You know, I was, I wasn't letting myself enjoy it because I felt like in order to enjoy it, I had to catch up, which really I had it backwards. You know, if I would have just stopped and said, okay, Wesley, you're here right now. You have value. You have a purpose here at Columbus State University. You might not be making the same progress these other people are making. You know, you might have different challenges, but like you have a unique but equally valuable, you know, musical voice. And then just taking a step back and been like, okay, what can I do well? Let's capitalize on that. Things would have been totally different. But instead I was like, oh, I'm bad at that. I have to grind on it three hours a day every day. Um, those things that I'm good at, okay, that's good. I can put them on the back burner. Only I can work on things I'm, I'm not good at. That's the only option until I catch up to these people. Looking back on it, I feel like I wasted a lot of um, opportunity to just enjoy college and just enjoy that opportunity that, you know, it only comes once, your undergrad. Um, and I've, I spent so much of it just dogging on myself, just not being satisfied. And, you know, it, it got better as years went on. I started to grow, um, you know, in, in personal maturity, um, started to be more self-aware and, and realize that I was being too hard on myself. But it really wasn't until I graduated and um, took a step off from music. I don't know if um, you, you guys remember this. Last summer, I, um, I quit music. I, I, you know, sort of announced on my Instagram, you know, Hey guys, I'm, I'm taking a break from music indefinitely. You know, I'm, I'm stopping playing the horn. I'm pursuing other things. Um, I was pursuing photography at the time, just because I had, um, I felt like I had reached my potential in trombone and that it just wasn't going to be enough to get me a job that I, I just didn't have what it took. I didn't have the right people in my life at the time. They were, they were being discouraging instead of encouraging. And so I quit. And, um, it wasn't until I found myself cooking fries at Chick-fil-A eight hours a day, 39 hours a week, um, Whoa. hating 
my life, wondering why I was there, real feeling that it was completely pointless and that I had all of this, I, like I had this degree, you know, in, in music performance, so I was just completely going to waste and I wasn't getting much done with photography. I wasn't even getting much fulfillment there, just wondering like, like what did I miss? And, and sitting there, you know, making those fries and, and thinking, you know, humming like trombone solos to myself, humming trombone choir music to myself, thinking about trombone the whole time, every day and being like, something's off here. Like I, I can't stop <laughs> thinking about trombone and like, maybe, maybe why trombone, <laughs> right? Exactly. It's like, should have done chorus. <laughs> yeah right <laughs> no but i was like you know maybe this is the sign that i need to step back to it i need, I need to come back and um just realizing what an incredible gift it is to make music when there are people out there that their job is to cook fries eight hours a day and uh, my, my respect for those people in that position went up tremendously but more so my gratitude for music and what it's been for me and how it's helped me find who I am and uh, find an outlet that inspires me every day um, to be my better self um, musically and personally. Um, it really took giving it up for me to realize that I can, I can be a trombonist, I can strive to be better every day, but I can also be grateful and enjoy the moment. I don't have to, I don't have to be so hard on myself. I can give myself grace. I can, um, I can enjoy music for what it is and that it's, you know, it's, it, it's an expression of yourself. It's, it's an extension of, of who you are and how you feel and not, um, how many high Fs can you play until you crack one, you know, or how perfectly can you play Ride of the Valkyries, you know? Like, sure, you know, like those things are, are great. And like, it's great to be good at excerpts. It's great to be, um, to have technical strengths at trombone. But like, if you aren't enjoying it, why are you doing it? Or if you aren't making music, why are you doing it? And um, it's something that I didn't realize until I had a degree and until I gave it up. So that was definitely the biggest roadblock, roadblock in my playing, just being too hard on myself doing it for the and wrong I, reasons. And I'd say you overcame that pretty well because you, <laughs> you came back on Instagram. Yeah. yeah. And then like, I think like within a week you were just like, all right guys, here's my high F and then played it. <laughs> and that was it. it was That's the way. Like, I, mean, I, was, I noticed <laughs> at one point, like when you, when you came back and I could tell that you were taking it more seriously that like you had mm -hmm. completely 180 with your playing because the change everything in mindset, great. it seemed like all you needed, you know, because, about that was it exponential growth in in your videos um, on instagram <laughs> that really means a lot <laughs> i appreciate that other people are, are hearing it it's man it has been a journey um and, and there's so much more that if if we have more time i mean it would probably take many hours to tell the full story maybe we'll do an extended cut one day um <laughs> but <laughs> but it has been a journey um I had, so, so here's the timeline. This is how crazy it is. So June, I quit trombone. No, no, no. May, May, I quit trombone. Um, didn't play again all the way through July, August, September, October. I picked up the horn in November with the goal of auditioning for grad schools. I recorded excerpts and solos, which I learned within a month and a half to record before Christmas. And those recordings are what won me the positions that I won um, for grad school. And, and just the progress from November 1st to even just to when I recorded before Christmas was like every day. I was just like completely blown away by like what I was able to, to do on my instrument and like the, the level of musicianship that I was able to bring the level of satisfaction that I got from playing that it was just like, wow, like not only am I getting better, but like, I'm not just getting better so that I can feel good about myself or so that I can prove something to other people or so that I can, 
you know, have an ego. Like I'm getting better because I'm loving it and because it gives me the ability to, to more purely express like what's inside. So I just got the priorities straight. <laughs> it took me a long time, but yeah, the timeline's been crazy and, and seeing the progress, you know, I, um, the other day I, I posted a, um, some lip slur melody that happened to be the first video I ever posted on what's the trombonist Instagram account in August, like 23rd, 2019. And I posted the back to back on my story. Um, and listening back, it was just like, not only physically did I look different having like the whole curly Q mustache and everything. (laughs) Um, but like it's the sound, the difference in sound, the difference in like comfortability, and just like the way that I looked, like everything was just remarkably different. And it's just, I just feel so grateful to be in the position that I am now. Um, Cause it took a lot to get there. You know, a lot of people, they tell you, you know, something has more value when you had to work hard to get it. And I can, I can attest to that having experienced it firsthand. Um, those, those prodigies, you know, Christian Lindbergh, um, people like that, it's, I, I really respect them and, and what they do for the community. Um, but there's something special and valuable that you can only get through struggling. And I think it adds a really unique quality to your musicianship. Um, you know, it's, it's saying this is a product of a culmination of 11 years of hard work and um, determination and and suffering and failure and um, ultimately has led me to the success that I'm experiencing now. I just think that's such a valuable aspect of uh, musicianship that you can only learn through over time and and through those struggles. And and in a way it, it, it gives those times that you're like, why am I going through this? Like, man, this sucks. Why do I have this stupid double buzz? Why, why can't I play anything past high D? Um, it gives those moments value because you're like, oh, without all of those months of failure, without all those months of frustration, you know, I wouldn't be who I am today. Um, so in a way, it makes those, those moments worth it for sure. Yeah, yeah. That, that's a great story. Thanks. I like appreciate that. it. Awesome. I tend to ramble, so. so. <laughs> no, it was great. Yeah, That's great. I'm us. so glad you came out Sweet. of it too. You yeah. came. You came back, and your grad schools are going well. I think, right? I think yeah. you posted getting accepted into a lot of them. So. Yes. Um, not. Awesome. I haven't. Um, haven't heard back from all yet. There's still one more that I haven't heard heard back. Whether I've been. Well, I heard back that I was accepted, but I haven't heard back about offers and stuff. But mm-hmm. out of all five, I was accepted into all five, which is wow. ridiculous. Wow. That's, I mean, awesome. I can't yeah, afford to go to all five of them, but like to be accepted <laughs> to all five and have offers from yeah. officially one so far so is, is just ridiculous. And um, tremendously grateful. Trombone is um, a huge blessing in my life and appreciate you guys seeing value in interviewing me today i just feel like an, an average average guy but yeah appreciate it Definitely. you're welcome dude i'll All right. i'll move on to more lighter topics <laughs> <laughs> yeah sorry we we dug in deep right from the get-go that's all right that's all right but uh i'm curious what what sort of hobbies and interests do you have like outside of the trombone and Judging from your Instagram page, you do seem to be an outdoors type of guy because you like to post stuff outside a lot. Yes. Uh, too many. I have too many hobbies. Um, I, <laughs> I love the outdoors. I, I'm very much a hiker. Um, not necessarily like a distance hiker. I just like being outside in nature and, and seeing you know, what's around me. That's where I feel most like comfortable, most, most myself. So I spend a lot of time outside. Um, I like biking. I haven't been able to do it lately back home, but that's something I did a ton in Columbus. We had this, we had this place called the Riverwalk, and it was basically like 20 miles of paved road um, that started just outside the campus. Like you could walk down with your bike and ride, you know, 
40 miles if you wanted to. Um, I think the most I ever did was 24. Um, but yeah, being, being outside is one of my favorite things. Um, I dabble a lot around with some disc golf occasionally. Uh, that's more of a social thing. Um, but the big things are photography. So I would say it's photography for me is both a hobby and something that I'm trying to monetize. Um, landscape photography is, is definitely a passion of mine. I have another Instagram shores, shores photo. If you want to check it out, it's just all the landscape photography yeah, work I do. And yes, <laughs> check it out. Um, yeah, I post there every once in a while. Um, from hikes, you know, when I take photos, vacations. Um, so I've, I've been doing landscape photography since high school. Um, something that I really have grown to love. Um, I do portrait photography as well. That's more of the monetary side of things. Um, but I enjoy doing it as well. It's, it's more of like the turning photography into a side job as well, but I, I enjoy doing that. I do play some video games on the side. Um, that's Ooh. sort of my chill thing. Um, that's my realm there. Careful. I just, <laughs> yeah, I just finished Uncharted 4, um, okay. which was incredible. I'm currently okay. playing through The Last of Us Remastered. That's fun. I have to be in the right mindset to play that one. Uh, that's It's not quite as relaxing. It's intense. But <laughs> it is. It is intense. Um, but it's fun. Play a Fortnite with friends occasionally. Um, yeah. yeah, I am that guy. Yeah, I'm 23, graduated from college, but I still play Fortnite. So, um, and that's okay. That's yeah, no, it's it's fun. I I don't get the judgment because like there's there's too many there's too much stuff in life to judge people for what they enjoy doing in their free time. And yeah. I don't know. I just think it's a chill game. Um, it's it's nice I'm that it's cross platform. Exactly. Just just <laughs> let me play Fortnite and and enjoy my mediocrity at the game. Um, <laughs> yeah those are those are the few i can come off i can come up with off the top of my head i i i have realized i find myself looking at just like google maps really often and like scouting out like future vacation places to go to just like being like ah, oh, i wonder what's in in this state or, or this state and just like checking out geography and like i don't know maybe i'll turn into a a geography like map nerd but yeah i'm kind of the guy that like <laughs> if i find an interest i just kind of i go into it man I, I go in hard and so i have too many hobbies but yeah oh, man. yeah too well, many might be a good thing <laughs> yeah there, I, I stay busy i don't think there's such thing as too many well okay maybe i'll take that back. Maybe <laughs> there's too many. yeah I, i'm definitely on that line no there's not a dull moment in my life so it's it's very <laughs> i'm always doing something that's good awesome well i i'm kind of springing this on you um but i i gotta know you said at one point on your on your story or on i don't know if it was a story or, or a post that bolero is your favorite excerpt <laughs> oh no <laughs> what i gotta know Get what that out of here that so that's scary i just think it's fun um I think a lot of trombone excerpts are boring. Um, you know, my favorite excerpt varies from time to time. I think musically, my favorite excerpt is probably um, Oregon Symphony, you know, St. Sons Symphony 3. Yes. Um, it's either that or uh, Rhenish uh, Schumann 3. Those are probably my two, like, musically favorite excerpts. But, like, as far as just ah, you know, I just want to play this excerpt for fun. It's always going to be Bolero. It's just, you know, you get to do the glisses, you get the high range, you get into the mid range, you get to play loud. Uh, it's, there's so much like musical nuance you can mess, mess with, you know, it's, it's not as in the box as something like Mahler three. Um, so maybe sacrilegious to the trombone community, <laughs> but yeah, I do enjoy me some Bolero. Yeah. We won't, we won't judge you for playing Fortnite, but, uh, yeah, saying bolero is your favorite excerpts bit. yeah we're gonna have it's to fair enough have a serious conversation <laughs> about that <laughs> my that. least favorite excerpt is maybe controversial man hungarian mm. march i hate hungarian <laughs> march so much i feel like it's everyone's favorite excerpt just to play and that everyone's so good at it but no. <laughs> i just really don't like it i think it's you. man i don't know what it is about it but like when i see that on a sheet i'm like oh boy 
here we go. <laughs> oh. But yeah. Yeah, I get that. All right. I don't think that's controversial. Oh, yeah, wow. Favorite. Yeah. I, well, at least not with us. Okay, well, I guess I'm in good company. That's good. I like the piece. The excerpt, the piece, it's, like, it's cool, but... Yeah. I don't, uh, it's nice to listen to, no. but it's, I feel like it's not rewarding to play. Like you put in all this work, and then it just kind of sounds like bah, 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 bah. like okay, that's nice. <laughs> <laughs> I'm working so hard, it still just sounds like a scale. That's cool. Um, <laughs> I don't know, man. Trombone. Uh, we take it too seriously. Yes, we, we do. do. We do. You got a favorite solo piece then? yes um is this one also crazy are you gonna say like bluebells <laughs> absolutely not i think i have a pretty normal favorite solo um i really okay. love the grand doll concerto mm -hmm. um, yeah. it's the first solo that i really worked on in outside of high school i picked it up uh, towards the end of my freshman year and just fell in love with it like listening to those recordings that like Lindbergh has out and um like more current like peter steiner it's just like there's so much different musical ideas you can bring to it that are way different than other people but still acceptable and that really excites me when you can play something and like really make it your own and um still be inside the box i think that's that's cool and there's just so much different variation you know you have the more like staccato like march like section the da 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 then you have the more flowy like where you kind of don't even know if there like there is rhythm the more like um da -da 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 and like everyone plays it differently i just i think it's so cool there's so much freedom in that piece um, and so many other trombone pieces are just like bombastic and crazy or um, I don't know I think it's the most like elegant refined presentable piece that we have um, in our literature but I'm only 23 I've only played so many solos so maybe I'll find a new one in the future to fall in love with okay I know those are very basic cut and dry questions but I mean I I had to know what, absolutely what to do with Valero was yeah no i'm crazy you can judge me i don't care yeah that's a little bit oh, of an man. issue i'm sorry <laughs> i hated bolero in in college um one i feel like once you once you have a good high d flat you your ability to love bolero opens up until you have the okay. high d flat it's just frustration Weird so place, but okay <laughs> <laughs> true that's funny like, not trying to flex like it because you're not as you don't, your d flat is not as solid as mine i'm not trying to flex no <laughs> no <laughs> no i'm just saying like i was there i hated it um getting getting the d flat now i can now i can appreciate it but i do yeah. feel like it should have been written a little lower to be more accessible as mm. as a solo um but it is no, what it is not as fun <laughs> It's true. It should be a base for my next <laughs> Sure, sure. Yeah, that's a If you want a real idea. challenge, try playing uh try playing Bolero a half step higher. Then you you really have some fun. <laughs> All right. I do have to ask now because we're talking about high range. Man, how did how did you unlock that? What what did you do? Cuz your high range is amazing. And you just like casually hmm. pop Fs and Gs and then you're like, "All right, cool." So it did not come easily, um, but when it came, it came fast. So I, you know, in high school, I had a decent high range, but I didn't have a good embouchure and it, it was inconsistent. When I got into college, all of the good things about my high range, I really made them, I, I just, I didn't use them anymore. Like I, I was so relaxed in high school and I didn't think too hard. Then I got into college and I was like, ah, oh, high notes. And like, I'd get so stressed out and anxious and like tense up and uh, not use my air and uh high range was actually my biggest weakness in college um like really Stop yeah <laughs> no i'm i'm not kidding dude i'm my low range was at least five times better than my high range um for most of college it wasn't until my junior year that i could play anything above high d flat reliably um and then i didn't i didn't get a high I'm f until senior year approaching senior year and then it, it wasn't usable until honestly a few months ago so 
it it took a long time um but really like what i realized that unlocked it for me um was just relaxing um i think brass players we have this like kind of like meathead like approach where like oh you gotta like you just gotta like force it out you just gotta do it you gotta play that high f you gotta like squeeze your body so hard and use as little air as possible you just gotta muscle it out and like we don't say that but i think just the way we approach the instrument there's this culture of like valuing the like muscular effort over just letting things flow and being beautiful like like playing high notes beautifully instead of just like zinging them um and like it's fun to like really wail on a high note but like if you can't if you if you don't know how to play a delicate high note then it's it's not um i don't think it's really important <laughs> you, you have to be able to use it in context and like that's that's what unlocked it for me was realizing i can it's it's not about effort it's about precision you know you don't have to be that strong to play a high f you just have to have everything in the right place and have all of the right all of the right aspects of your air your aperture your um your air speed you know um all of those things going right for you um and it'll lock in like there is a little bit of effort required you know like anything above i don't know like middle B flat. You have to have a little bit of engagement here to keep things solid. And it does increase a little bit as you go up to high F. Like, um, you have to use muscle, but that's not what's important. You know, the, the muscle without the air, you, you aren't making sound. So, um, something that not a lot of people, um, prescribe, um, that really helped me were air attacks. Another thing that helped me unlock high range was getting away from tonguing so hard and putting a lot of back pressure to force things out like instead of doing that just air attacking and going because um, it's so much more natural i could talk all day about that it's been a long discovery for me so that's that's my that's my short answer and it wasn't even short well that's so funny <laughs> how how different schools of thoughts are schools of thought are between different yes. realms of music it's like i I'm, I'm not gonna name any names but i i had a lesson teacher for a little while um like in early high school and he was a trumpet player um and he was teaching me like jazz improv and stuff yeah and he i asked him how to get high range because he's like he's a great lead trumpet player and yeah. he was teaching me about how to build up pressure in your gut um, and Crazy. that's what I thought was the secret <laughs> for so long. And then I started studying wow. with Dr. Zabo from Western, and he was like, "What? No." Yeah, it's. I mean, it's, it's it's actually dangerous. Like like it's physically dangerous to your body to do that. Uh, no no judgment. Um, I mean, it, whatever works for someone is is whatever works. I right, I, yeah. works I can't recommend it because that's like so many brass players get injured at. A pretty early age because of bad teaching um not not to name any names of course and i mean <laughs> i used to have bad pedagogy personally just because we only really know like what's taught to us so i used to think it was all about that like strength too but no like if you build up so much pressure like eventually they're gonna pass out <laughs> like it will happen um that's why like trumpet players when they start playing so high if they aren't doing it right they get like purple in their face it's it's not a good thing it's not cool it's like really dangerous um and it's not sustainable you know like that, that's how colin williams got his went through his injury uh, yes. you know using too much pressure and he's the best oh, of the man. best and he had to take like years off um Dude, that's and crazy. you know lawson you and the i story. talked about similar injuries with you um and i'm very fortunate to not have gone through that i I honestly don't know how I didn't have that issue just because I actually went from using little to no engagement here and pushing really hard to using a ton of muscle here, um, which was a really weird change. And and now I don't think either of those are that great. You just got to let the air flow. And my favorite way to, um, to say it in the most concise, just easy to understand way I, I get this from uh, David Vining. If you don't, uh, if you haven't heard of him, his daily routines book, fantastic. 
he has this one exercise. It's a low range exercise, and above it says um, maximum resonance, I believe, maximum resonance with minimum effort. And I think that's the key. Like, we aren't out here trying to impress anyone with how much we can flex our lips. You know, we aren't trying to be like, Ugh! you know, what's <laughs> what's more important is being able to be so relaxed that you can just let your musical ideas flow and you don't have to work so hard that they don't come across or that you don't have the capacity to think about it. Yeah, I've seen you emphasize a lot on Instagram, like musician first, trombone is second. Yeah. I mean, who wants to listen to a perfect, perfectly executed, perfectly rhythmic, perfectly in time, the entire time, no fluctuation of anything at all, no change of dynamic? Who wants to hear that? You know, like, or even who wants to hear what's on the page, but in such a robotic way that it just sounds fake. Neither of those are, are good, you know, like. Something that my teacher told me that has stuck with me, um, Dr. Palmer from um, Bradley Palmer from uh, Columbus State University, um, the the founder oh, of, the of Southeastern <laughs> Trombone Symposium. We've, yeah, we've heard of him. The man. Yeah, he's fantastic. Something that he said that stuck with me is we have enough good trombone players in the world. We don't need any more good trombone players. We need more musicians. And um, he said that from the minute I stepped into school there and until my very last lesson and it's it stuck with me you know if you can play something beautifully there's a few mistakes people will forgive that but if you play something without any music no one's no one's gonna care you know like we're in it to move people you know we're in it to get people engaged and, and excited and um that that's where the value comes from you know we have synthesizers we have we have electronics to do the other stuff you know the reason we're important is because we can bring something unique to the table that robots can't, that computers can't. Um, so, I don't know. That's my two cents. I'm a little opinionated about that. It's <laughs> oh, a good opinion, I think. Well, yeah. I know we've been kind of getting into topics that are kind of counter to the whole point of the podcast, about <laughs> not talking about trombone, but, I mean, we were, I don't know. I'm usually not that guy. That's so funny. I'm usually the guy that like people are like, "Whoa, I didn't know you played trombone," but that's funny. I guess it's you guys bring it out of me. That's awesome. Maybe, maybe. Sweet. I I don't I hate to to go back to college because we talked so much about it. Yeah. Um, but there's one more question that we we kind of had prepared is that we, um, I I think a lot of the people that are gonna be checking out the podcast are kind of younger people. Um, kind of high school age, early college age kids. Um, so what would be your biggest advice or biggest tip about searching for a school? What do you, what did you look for when looking for Columbus state? Why did you decide on Columbus state? What are you looking for in a grad school right now? What, hmm. What's that process been like for you? That's a really good question. Um, I think it's different depending on what degree you're going for like it's it's different from undergrad to graduate to doctorate i've heard it explained to me and then i'll, I'll sort of throw my own opinion on that as well um undergrad is about your peers your uh it's about the trombone studio it's about the whatever studio you're going to be in um, master's degree is about the teacher and then doctorate is about credibility it's about you know, the school, the the more intellectual part of it that you can get. Um, that's how I've heard it broken down. And I don't, I don't necessarily think there's a formula to success. Um, but I will say um, the reason that I, I even mentioned that is that's kind of just naturally without thinking about it is how I arrived at the schools that I've arrived at, um, or I guess the school and the ones that I'm looking at now. The trombone studio at Columbus State is and and was and will ever be ridiculous. Um, Dr. Palmer is a great yeah. recruiter. Um, I came in a great player, you know, top of just about everything. And I, I mean, in, in perspective, I was bad. Like, I was so much below everyone else there. And I was a great player. Like, that's how good the studio was. Um, but on top of that... There, there are a lot of places with great studios, but what I think you have to have is this winning combination of support and community and skill. 
you want to be challenged, but you don't want to be torn down. You want to have people that will show you what's possible and what's what um, show you and, and inspire you like um, to work harder and to, to be the best you can be. But you, you also don't want to um, go into a studio that's all great players um, that don't really care that you're there. Um, I think the community is really important. Um, it, it's what kept me going a lot of times, you know, when, when school was hard, when trombone was hard, you know, I, I knew I always had like 10 buddies at least that I could go to and talk, talk to about anything, just chill, play duets if I wanted to um, just have fun, you know, hang out. I, I think that's super important as your undergrad because, you know, you're away from your parents for the first time. You need a community, especially because you don't know what this college thing's like yet. So that's what I would say about undergrad. Um, grad school, you just, you, you want to find a teacher that you just love. You know, the teachers that I'm looking at, um, you know, Central Arkansas, D uh, Justin Cook on the, the ITA board, and then uh, at Tennessee, uh, Alex Van Deren, Dr. Alex Van Deren, um, both fantastic people, first off, which is huge. Um, I think you're going to be spending a whole lot of time with that person, so you want it to be a good person, not just yeah. a great trombone player. And someone that will, um, you know, jive with your personality, that will um, be there to support you and lead you into the opportunities um, that you're you're looking for in grad school. Not that studio and peers aren't important, but I would say that's top priority. And not that I am not super thankful for Dr. Palmer, because um, he got me through college in a lot of ways, just in his constant support. And, um, but yeah, I mean, the studio, definitely a big thing. The teacher, definitely a big thing. Um, I would say the name of the school comes last. I mean, unless you're getting your doctorate, doesn't it doesn't necessarily matter where you get your degree and even then there are plenty of people that have doctorates from places that aren't super famous that have jobs you know it's it's more about what you make of where you go so that that would be my advice my long-winded advice <laughs> well, well thank you so much for being with us today man i really of course great talk thank you absolutely and uh i'm always uh I'd always love to talk again if you ever want to have me again, but I just I appreciate y'all's time and uh, getting to hear some of my my stories. I, I love to share them so, and I love to talk as you can tell. So thanks. Yeah. Maybe we'll get an extended cut one yeah. day. Absolutely, I would be Subscribe so down. Eighth position on YouTube and at eighth position on Instagram. Stay tuned for love an extended the name. cut. <laughs> Absolutely, you heard the man. Absolutely. All right, guys, it has been a pleasure. Y'all have a fantastic day. You too. You too, man.